You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Today, it's episode number 26. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And also the last podcast episode of the year of the craziest year we probably all ever had, 2020. Sayonara. <laughs> See you later. Finito. So on today's episode, we are going to be going to Lake Navasha from Nairobi. And last episode, I said goodbye to Casey after over five months traveling together. And I am now traveling with my new friend, Claire. So it is girl power now from now on out for, well, quite a while. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to Lake Navasha, which is uh, in the Great Rift Valley. And it's also the highest lake in the Great Rift Valley. So I think it's about over 1800 meters above sea level. Beautiful, beautiful lake. Uh, but we're only be covering about 60 miles on this trip, or sorry, on this episode, and which takes us up to 13,660 miles so far. And before we crack on, just a little po podcast update. End of the year, I guess, po update. <laughs> so up to 66 countries that I have listeners from, which is amazing. So I'm only 10 away from the, my goal of getting to 76 which is the amount of countries I've been to. And the top five countries this week is USA, Canada. Canada, you're catching up to America. Well done. Through about a tenth of the population. And UK, number three, my second home. And France, number four. And Germany has stayed at position number five. Okay, and the review of the week is... From Laura4445, five stars, a great listen in these times, takes you to another time and place. I can visualize the adventure as Tamara takes me along her journey. It's nice to live vicariously through it all. The tips at the end are great. And if you're thinking about ever visiting any of these countries. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate it. And if you'd like for me to give you a shout out, then yeah, drop me a review, preferably what kind of apple really is your best bet. Or um, if you're watching on YouTube, which of course the YouTube channel is going, then leave a comment. Or on my website in the comment section, you can also leave a review there. For Apple, easiest way to get there is manyroadstravel.com slash Apple. And that'll take you right there. So continuing where we left off, we are now on about day 178. So it's about mid-July. Remember, 1993. <laughs> so ways back. And yeah, so like I said, it's had to say goodbye to Casey in Nairobi, which actually is the last day of, well, last time I've ever seen him. So that was like 13th of July, 1993. <laughs> Crazy. 
And also say goodbye to my friend Craig, who I'd been traveling with since I left Casey down the Kenyan coast and to, back to Nairobi. And also my friend Christine, who was my housemate in Lamu. But I was going to see her again in Malawi because she had a guest house in Malawi. Anyway, so yeah, so Claire and I, it was, it was the girls' time to shine. <laughs> uh, Claire's an awesome English chick. We were about the, the same age, so 23 at the time. So we, yeah, hopped in a Matatu, which is basically like a pickup truck, but they put seats in the back of the pickup with a, a roof over it. Kind of, well, sometimes there's a roof, sometimes not. Or a minivan, but usually when I was there, it was, it was the pickup trucks. So anyways, we hopped in a Matatu to get to Navasha, which is, it took us about two and a half hours, but you can get there in about an hour and a half. It's only, like I said, about 100 kilometers, so just over 60 miles or so. And then... Well, once we got into Navasha, which is a little town, we picked up some groceries because we'd plan on camping and then jumped to another little matatu to get to Fisherman's Camp, which is right on the lake. And I looked it up and it's still there. I love when <laughs> these things are still there after I've been there. Anyway, so yeah, camping, I think it was, I don't even know if it was a dollar a night each. And you're right on the lake shore. So the whole lake is surrounded by you know, grass and plants and stuff. And then there's lots of acacia trees and olive trees. I guess they're called stone olive trees. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. And also it's, yeah, like I said, it's in the Great Rift Valley. So there's loads of birds. So if you love birds, <laughs> this is the place to go. Well, Great Rift Valley, that whole area. Yeah, so we, we pitched our tent. We had decided, because I had kind of the, the pop, like dome tent and, and Claire's just had a little like teepee two-man tent so we decided we would sleep in my tent and put our bags in her tent give us more room so we did that and then yeah we made some dinner just by the well we didn't have any wood there's no there's supposed to be firewood there like you could buy from so there's like a little store a bar and i think there was a restaurant there but we never really ate there but yeah the bar we did go to which was called the eagle's nest at the time yeah so anyways just had dinner kind of thing and we're chilling beside a campfire without wood, so without the fire. <laughs> so, but there was a little bench there, so I could sit there. And just finished dinner, and it's about seven o'clock, so just kind of got dark. And all of a sudden, like three hippos come out of the water, <laughs> like whoa! <laughs> and they started grazing on the grass, like honestly, not more than maybe twenty meters away from us, like twenty thirty meters, pretty close. And seeing hippos up close. For the first time. I mean, they are huge. They're, I think they weigh like a ton each or something. Like, they're huge. And also, hippos are, they apparently kill the most people in Africa. Like, you'd think lions. No, hippos. Because they're a little bit crazy. <laughs> and especially if you ever came between a mother and their baby. Forget about it. So anyways, we're like, okay, well, this is really cool, kind of scary. So we'll just go into like slowly go into our tent because you're, you're safe when you're, well, for the most part, uh, you're safe in your tent. Even though they can smell you, they can't see you. Animals can't see you. I mean, they don't know it's just a flimsy little nylon sheet that's separating you and them. But yeah, so you're, like I said, you're pretty safe in your tent. So we, we got in the tent. And then we could hear them like just munching on grass and, you know, their mouths. I mean, <laughs> I think why they're probably a couple meters wide. Like it's crazy. The big teeth. I mean, they're technically, well, they're vegetarians. <laughs> so they don't eat people. They just kill you. <laughs> 
Anyways, I, I, of course, we're in the tent and I'm a little bit paranoid thinking, oh, wait, because it started raining, of course. And now that the grass is slippy and I'm thinking if it just like trips over, well, not that it, our little rope, my little guy ropes, you know, for the tent would really trip a hippo, it would more like take us out and fall on us and kill us that way. So I didn't really get much sleep. Plus I was really cold because again, I'm still missing that thermal rest and like little blow up mattresses, which it seemed everyone I traveled with had one. I just didn't. Claire slept through the whole thing. She was fine. She was zonked. But yeah, so I didn't get loads of sleep that night. So the next day we're up bright and early. We had decided that Claire was going to do the breakfast. She was going to cook breakfast and I was going to cook dinner. That we kind of worked to our strengths. She made it awesome porridge. <laughs> so yeah, so we had our porridge and then uh, just, you know, kind of chilled out, played some cards. It's such a beautiful, relaxing, especially after Nairobi. Nairobi is pretty hectic, you know, like any big city polluted and you know just a lot of noise and crazy and here it was just I mean there hardly was any other people there either like campers or so we kind of had the place to ourselves for the most part and it, yeah it was just so peaceful and relaxing and yeah you just hear the birds beautiful place so after a nice relaxing morning we decided we were going to walk to Elsamir which is was well was the home of Joy and George Adamson's from you know, born born free with Elsa, the famous lioness. So yeah, it's about a four kilometer walk, and it's really nice. Like I said, the whole area is just really beautiful. And then we got there and made it just in time for them to put like we call it the joy video on. So just you know, the video of their life and everything, and Elsa the lioness, and yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it's actually a really good video. And then we went for high tea in the gardens, which are you know beautiful manicured lawns and and with tables and chairs and you overlook the lake again super peaceful lovely not many people there which was great literally you could you could eat all the cakes you could so you just we just filled up on cakes had like pots of tea and because that was included in the price too the high tea it was like this is awesome <laughs> and all of it cost us two dollars <laughs> it's like what and then we went to the back of the house and there was some white colobus monkeys there. And there was even a little baby one, which was like tiny, very cute. So we just watched them playing for a while. Of course, I was an idiot and forgot to bring my camera. So that was annoying. Claire brought hers, but I don't know. She probably sent me pictures, but I don't have them anymore because I'm missing a lot of photos from this trip annoyingly. Anyways, yeah, so then we just decided to, to walk like on our way back, we thought we'll look for firewood because Fisherman's Camp, for some reason, didn't have any firewood. So, yeah, we picked up, you know, some branches and stuff to carry them. Yeah, it was a four-kilometer walk, so it was a bit of a hike. And then, yeah, got back. I, I had dinner, so I, I think that night I made pasta and tomato sauce so like with fresh tomatoes. And we got the fire going. Well, the amount of wood we had, it lasted about a whole half hour. <laughs> so the rest of the evening was by candlelight, which was, you know, nice as well. No hippos that night. But but nine o'clock, we were like, okay, bedtime. Because, you know, there's not much to do. It's pitch black. Hit the hit the hay and rather have full days kind of thing. So did that. And I actually slept like a log that night, which was great. Because I'd made up a little mattress using both of our fleeces and my raincoat. Because I think it rained again that night. But my tent was holding up. Was it leaking too bad at this point, which is great. So day 180, next day. We had our breakfast, our probably usual porridge and honey. And then we're like, okay, we're going to go to Hell's Gate 
National Park. <laughs> With a name like that, of course I'm going there. <laughs> so we jumped out of Matatu and, you know, headed that way. Well, about like six kilometers past the park, someone was like, oh, yeah, we passed it. And they're like, they're going the wrong direction. So I'm like, well, let us out, please. <laughs> and then they still wanted like the full price. And I'm like, no way, that's not going to happen. So anyways, with my you know diplomatic skills, <laughs> we mostly got our money back. So and then we jumped across the road, jumped on Matata going the right way. And they jumped, let us off at the entrance. So we had about a two kilometer walk to to walk up to the Hell's Gate, the actual gates kind of thing. And in Nairobi, I had, which you hear from last episode or the Nairobi episode, I bought a this Kenyan residence ID card because my friend Susie, my other housemate, the kind of annoying girly one, <laughs> she said, oh, you should do this because you, you save loads of money on the national park. So I'm like, OK, so that was a great idea. Anyway, so I tried to use my Kenyan residence card. Yeah, the people were not buying it at all. But like, I'm pretty good at talking my way into stuff. Nope, not buying it at all. And then they confiscated it, said, well, we're, we're keeping this because we're going to investigate, you know, you for this kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Claire's like, great. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, dude. <laughs> Although they did, because it would have been 900 shillings, like normal price. But with the with the residence cards only 65 shillings and at the time it was about 70 to 80 shillings to one u.s dollar nowadays like 2020 it's about 100 just over 100 shillings so it hasn't changed too much since i was there weirdly anyways yes the conflict statement card kind of freak us out we're going to investigate whatever you know it's africa so you have to check things like this with a pinch of salt but they did take my fake student id card which i got in cairo so at least we got half price so that was at least something and you kind of get this really vague, almost like a hand-drawn map of the area. And it's like almost 70 square kilometers, the park. So it's pretty big. And they said, okay, so wherever you go, just don't go to the Buffalo Circuit. Everywhere else is fine. Because it's the only park that you can actually walk or bike in in all of East Africa. I mean, there's still animals there, but not too many predators kind of thing. So, But they still said there was leopards there and possibly lions. Leopards for sure. They've been seen at the Buffalo Circuit. So it just kind of stayed out there. We're like, okay. So we, you know, walked and walked and walked like for hours. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, you know, the Great Rift Valley. It's called Hell's Gate because it was forged. Like it's a rift and it it's was forged by a prehistoric lake. So the actual Hell's Gate is, is like a gorge kind of thing. And I guess the, the the original, The Lion King, the animated movie, that scenery was based on this park. And also the original Lara Croft movie was awesome. It was filmed there too. So it kind of gives you an idea. Thinking The Lion King, that's what it's like. It's beautiful. And like, so the roads are just like dirt roads kind of thing. You follow those, right? So like I said, we walked for hours, but we did get to see lots of animals. So we saw zebras, Thompson gazelles, hartebeests, giraffes, rock hyrax, eagles, warthogs and impalas so that was really exciting because that was the most animals i'd seen so far you know and i've been in africa for a few months now <laughs> so yeah i was like okay really you know i feel you know it was, it was literally a walking african safari and also like in the background there's all these hills and stuff too so and you know with the trees like acacia i mean it's quite dry and dusty but 
there's like a lot of cacti and acacia trees and stuff like that. So you get dots of green and like I say, it's really beautiful. And the roads are kind of just dirt roads. So we were walking along the road and I see, I'm like, uh, Claire, do you see those prints? And she's like, yep. They looked like very fresh, big cat prints going the same direction we're going. And it's like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> of course, this is 93. You don't have a phone. Like, we're buyers. And we hadn't seen anyone for hours. Like, no park rangers, nothing, nobody. Uh, we haven't seen animals for a while at this point. And we realize, of course, later that we're on now the Buffalo Circuit, which we're told not to go because that's where the leopards are. <laughs> and then I see them in the ground on, on the road. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So we, we were coming around this corner and it was very dense, like bushy kind of thing. So we couldn't see actually around the corner. Because now we're freaked out. Like we had picked up, you know, we found a, like sticks and we put some rocks in our pocket, like as if that's going to help you if you're attacked by a leopard, but <laughs> at least it's something. <laughs> so we're just about to round this corner and all of a sudden we can hear these animal noises. Oh my God, we literally almost shot ourselves. <laughs> like, it was just like, oh, what the hell are we going to do? Because we can't backtrack. It's like hours and hours. And like when it gets dark in Africa, which is about six o'clock. It's pitch black. And plus the, the park's closed. So we can't, we don't have time to backtrack. So we're, I was like, okay, well, we just, I just, let me just peek around the corner to see what it is. Like we can, the noises are still going, right? And we know it's definitely animal noises. So I kind of look around the corner, pack of baboons. Great, not a leopard. Still not great because baboons are pretty nasty. They can be very aggressive and there's a pack of them and they're strong. I mean, they're stronger than humans. So said better than a leopard still not so great when you're walking you're on foot <laughs> so i'm like okay claire we gotta we gotta chase these suckers away like because <laughs> we gotta go this way i was like you know just again like be the alpha we gotta be the alpha animal male i guess i don't know whatever so i and i had a really good art i used to i played um, high level baseball so I'm like start throwing these rock I mean I didn't hit any but just nearby just to get them off the road like kind of into the bush and we're like yelling at them and waving our sticks and just yeah throwing these rocks <laughs> looked like probably lunatics <laughs> but anyways the baboons yeah like I said no one got none of them got hit but they got scared you know but they like were baring their teeth and like they were up for a fight but luckily we, you know, prevailed and they ran off into the bushes and we just kind of quickly went through that that path and, you know, kept look, overlooking our shoulder and just like looking back going, okay, as long as they don't follow us and the leopard's not watching us <laughs> from somewhere ready to pounce. Anyway, so we finally got through. I mean, we walked for miles. Of course, the one thing we miss is Hell's Gates, the gorge. <laughs> I don't know how we did. Like, it's probably about the only five kilometers we didn't walk through that park. We missed it. So that was kind of annoying. Anyways, we get back to the entrance. Plus, now we're still like, oh, God, we're being investigated with my residence card, right? So we're still worried about that a little bit. But we got back and, you know, you say you're, you've, you know, you're leaving. So they know that the park's empty or whatever. So, but no, they didn't say anything. So that was cool. And then we decided, because, you know, we hadn't done enough walking. We walked back to the camp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Honestly, we probably walked about 40 kilometers that day. No joke. Like, seriously, I don't think I've ever walked that much in my life. <laughs> so we got back and we decided, right, we deserve a few beers, cold, ice cold beers for sure. So I went to the store. 
like in in the fisherman's camp, they they sold at the bar and they sold beers you could take out and made dinner. And they also had firewood, so we also bought some firewood, which was great. So we had our first proper fire on the Lake Navasha co- uh, Lake Shore. So it was really actually nice. And I still had I had kind of like two emergency stash joints for my Lamu stuff. So we had a joint as well, and it was it was just such an awesome day, and we ended up just getting super high, probably because we were exhausted, and we just were could not stop laughing, like, <laughs> for ages. I was like, oh my god, what if the dancing pippos will be out tonight? So that was it. We just called them always the pippos from then on out. Well, lo and behold, here they come. <laughs> it's like, when you're just yeah we're stoked so it's like what so we're like okay let's just get in the tent because they were again super close to our tent so we got in the tent and just trying to be quiet and then the, the hippos were grazing outside my tent like i could you could feel them like they were brushing against the tent it was like <sighs> so now i'm super paranoid we are going to be killed by hippo like just fall on us <laughs> not eaten just fallen um going to Claire like we're making faces it's like and of course now I have to pee too because I've had my beers right so now I'm like so I'm busting to go to the loo I've got three hippos pretty much eating the grass right next to my tent like grazing my tent and and trying not to laugh out loud like we're you know trying to suppress laughter oh it was just ridiculous so what felt like hours later which probably I don't know probably was 15 20 minutes they finally, we hear them go back in the water. So I like run out and like just pee on the, on the grass, like on the lawn, get back in. And then we slept like logs that night. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. I'll always remember the dancing Pippo night. <laughs> so the the next morning, so day 180, well, I could barely walk. Well, I could barely move. <laughs> He was just like aching. I mean, I think my illness had probably kicked in too because again, it rains at night. So damp is like cold damp is my worst. So my whole body's inflamed with my blood illness. Plus like my legs and feet were just knackered from like, you know, walking ridiculous amounts. So we're like, okay, it's going to be a chill day. And luckily the sun was out. So the sun usually was out in the daytime, which was nice. So it was a day of just chilling out, catching some rays, uh, catching up my journal, things like that. And then in the, later in the afternoon, Claire came over. She's like, oh, I rented a boat, a rowboat. So let's go on the lake for a few hours. So I'm like, okay, cool. You're rowing, though. <laughs> Which she did for the most part, especially when I did try. And, like, you know, I was strong enough, but my technique was crap. So we kept just going around in circles. So she... She basically rode the whole time, which was which was great because otherwise we'd probably still be there doing lap, like circles around the the lake. But yeah, it, again, like so peaceful, and you, all you can hear is just bird. Like there's no cars, just little the birds, and then you'd see hippos like popping up in the water, and you just see their little tiny ears and their eyes and their their nose. You know, they look so small when you see them like that, but they're massive, and they can run something like thirty kilometers underwater. Like it's <laughs> they're crazy. I mean, they were they're. You know, our our guy, Jack, who worked at the bar, like local guy, you know, he said, oh, yeah, you just have to be careful because, you know, hippos will flip your boats, no problem. <laughs> you know, they might come after you. They might bite you in half. They might not. But <laughs> just be aware of that. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, gotta love the old living with the animals. It's great. Scary, but awesome. Yeah, so once we got back, again, 
dinner duty, and then uh, we grabbed a couple beers and uh, some firewood. Claire had gone to like the nearest town to get some vegetables, so I I was on beer and fire firewood duty. So we got that. Had another lovely fire and dinner by the campfire, which is just amazing. Like I said, on the lakeshore of Lake Navasha with all these, you know, usually nightly visits from our hippo friends or the dancing hippos. So the next day was my six month anniversary of when I left. I started in Paris. Uh, and it was also kind of like my big sis's, she's like my best friend's big sister. So she's like my big sister, Tracy. Shout out. Yeah, it was her wedding day. So I, you know, obviously I would have loved to have been there if I could be in two places at the same time. So anyways, I sent my best wishes virtually. And we decided it was just going to be another like R&R day because it's the perfect place to kind of have a chilled out, relaxing time. Oh, and Claire made some amazing guacamole. And they had fresh loaf, like fresh bread there, like loaves of bread which we ate a whole loaf of, and the guacamole. So picked out on that, which was delicious. And that became one of her guacamole and porridge were her her two standard amazing dishes that she made a lot. So after we'd finished that and we're super stuffed, well, so, you know, mid-afternoon, lo and behold, we had a beautiful, lovely surprise. Our buddy Craig, our Aussie buddy, who I travel with and who Claire had traveled with before, um, he showed up. And like he was just laughing his head off because he's like, I can't believe you girls are still here. <laughs> so we're like, well, it, trust me, it's a hard place to leave. Anyway, so it was really great to see him. And of course, he had all the gossip from Nairobi. So that was cool. Uh, so, yeah, he filled us in. I think it sounded like we'd lost everyone, which was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess Susie and Scott had left to go somewhere else, not our way, which is good. And then I guess Casey had decided... He was going to completely change his plans and he was going to fly to England, to London, England, because he got a letter in Nairobi that one of his best friends was going to live out there for a year. So and in order to pay for or to partially pay for this, he has two great plans, which I'm like typical Casey, <laughs> that he was going to bring over a whole bunch of this Mira, which Mira is like the chut that we chewed in Ethiopia, if you listen to, to those episodes. So it's kind of, it's like a plant, you chew these red leaves and it gives you kind of like, like an amphetamine high. So it's kind of speedy. So I don't know how he thought he was going to bring in like kilos of that <laughs> to England. I don't know. But he's, and also he was going to buy a bunch of Egyptian crosses, like uh, crucifix crosses. And sell both of those in the, probably like Nottingham, where the Rastas are in, in London, England. That was his big plan. I'm like, good luck with that, dude. <laughs> and let alone his flight was going to be 450 US dollars one way from Nairobi to, to London as well. Anyway, so, but he did end up, I don't know if he did the two things he was planning on doing, but I know that he did end up doing that. And he ended up living in England for almost a year. And then he came back. He flew from London to Nairobi, and then he did go Nairobi to Cape Town by land. And he thinks that that's the same as what I did. Because he he's like, well, I did do it. I went from Paris to Cape Town by land. I'm like, no, no, he didn't. Well, he did, but he took a year out in England, so it doesn't count. <laughs> I can't. Like, what I did, I can't. There's no break. I was in Africa for 16 months, and I went back to Nairobi from Cape Town, too, so... 
anyways, all good fun. And like I said, I haven't seen him since. So he's doing good in Oakland, California, though. Okay, so that was the, the juicy gossip about Casey. And also Christine was going to kind of come our way to uh, into Uganda, but she had to get back to her to Malawi to our guest house. So decided to cook up a feast that night for dinner, the three of us. I had a big fire. I'm just catching up. And it, yeah, it was really great to see him. So like the, the terrific trio were back together again for a little bit. So day 183, the next day, we were, Claire and I had planned on leaving that day, but of course Craig got there. So we're like, well, we've got to stay at least another day. It'd be weird not to, really. And then Craig was filling in us in on his change of plans, which again, changed drastically because I'd helped uh, Claire and Craig both get their Ethiopian visas in Nairobi with my little tricks that I did. But I guess that Ethiopia had completely closed all the borders like land borders indefinitely. So Craig like, yeah, so I can't, you know, get into Ethiopia. So I guess Casey and I were really lucky that we were able to come by land through there. Not that really my time in Ethiopia, I'm not sure if lucky would be the word I'd use. Well, lucky to be alive still. That's lucky for sure. But yeah, it was really cool that we managed to do the overland trip kind of thing. So because, you know, it was only a month later, it all shut down. So we were pretty close on the timing. So, yeah, so Craig decided he was going to now, like, and he was in a few days, he was flying to Bulgaria. I'm not quite sure about what was happening in Bulgaria, but he was going to go from Bulgaria through Turkey, Syria, Jordan, into Egypt. I obviously inspired him. (laughs) So I did that trip, minus the Bulgaria. And then from Egypt, he's going to fly back to Bulgaria because he had to be back there for some reason. And then from Bulgaria, fly to Portugal and then go to Morocco back to Portugal, Spain, and then go to England. So (laughs) completely different ideas. So I was like, sounds awesome. Yeah, so we just kind of hung out the rest of that day. And then that night we decided to hit the bar, Eagle's Nest Bar, because we hadn't really actually stayed in there. And like I said, Jack, the bartender, was hilarious. So yeah, so I think got the bar about five and we're drinking till, I mean, the bar's supposed to be open till 11. We got our last round in at about 10. Jack's like, all right, all right. And then he sells us his beers. And then I like five minutes later, I guess he'd had enough and just turned the lights and music off on us. <laughs> I mean, that's Jack. That's how he treats his customers. <laughs> it's, it shut it down. Anyways, we took our beers to our, you know, to our little area, camp area, and then had one last hot chocolate before bed. And then we all kind of crashed. So yeah, probably around 11. It was late for us. <laughs> Claire and I are usually in bed by nine. <laughs> And then halfway through the night, oh my, we all like just got woken up because the hippos, I don't know if they're fighting, I don't know what was happening, but the noises they were making was ridiculous. Like literally a heart attack. It was just like, oh my God, what is that noise? So there you go. That's what happens when you have the African wildlife and literally in your backyard. <laughs> An amazing experience. So the next day, day 104, it was time to say goodbye to Fisherman's Camp. I mean, I guess we were there about a week and yeah, it was just beautiful. It was awesome. I loved that week. It was great. Uh, So after breakfast, a normal porridge, uh, the three of us got on a matatu to get to Navasha, like the little town, right? Just before, well, in Navasha, there was a a cute little restaurant. It was called La Belle Inn. And it had lovely, lovely terrace. So we're like, okay, well, let's go for, you know, a cup of tea and our last little get together, probably forever. <laughs> so, yeah, so we did that. And then 
said goodbye to Craigie. So we wished him well. And then Claire and I headed Matatu to, we're going to Kisumu in Kenya, which is on Lake Victoria, we're near there. And then just to have a little stop in Lake Nakuru. But to hear about that, our time there, you're going to have to tune in until next week's episode. So next Thursday, first episode of the, or yeah, first episode of the year, 2021. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So my tip number one would be for, for Lake Navasha. Like I said, Fisherman's Camp is still there and it looks the same. <laughs> I think they have more cabins and like huts there than they did when I was there. But they still have the camping. So that's cool. It's still pretty reasonable too. Although they have put an electric fence up for us. So you don't get squashed by hippos. I don't know if that's good or a bad thing. <laughs> Take some of the adventure out. But you'll still see the hippos kind of thing. And like, yeah, so there's two, there's kind of two areas of Fisherman's Camp. I think they did have that back then too when I was there. But anyway, so there's an upper camp, which is just kind of, kind of huts and cottages. And they, I guess, go for about between 50 and $120 a night. And I think they sleep like between four and six people. And then the bottom camp, which, so the top camp, you overlook the lake. At the bottom camp, you're on the lake shore, where, like where I was. So for, again, for huts or cabins, they're between 20 and and $100 a night. I think that's up to four people. And then the camping, yeah, it's only $7 for adults and three $3.50 for kids. So like I said, pretty cheap. The bar and restaurant is still there and you can still buy firewood and rent boats as well. So I think the boats, yeah, it's about $3.50 an hour, which is pretty reasonable. And they also have kayaks and bikes you can rent there too. So, yeah, like I said, I had an awesome time there. So that's where I would stay. Uh, now, tip number two, to go and see, join George Adamson's house, like Born Free, which is called El Samir Museum. So it's for a day visit and the high tea, so the high tea's still there. I don't know if it's all you can eat cake <laughs> anymore, but uh, it's about $10. So again, very reasonable. I'm sure they're still showing the video which I think was born free, really. So you can always watch that anyway, right? I guess. You can stay overnight there. I, I, I don't know if they did it back then. I can't remember. But yeah, you can get, so a single, including full board, full board, so all your meals. For a single, it's $165 and a double is $270. And again, it's a very beautiful area, place, very peaceful, quiet, lots of animals. I mean, for all these places, I wouldn't go on the weekends because you get a lot of local from like locals from Nairobi that come on the weekends and even Hell's Gate, like all those three places are great places to visit. And like I said, it's, it's only an hour and a half from Nairobi, most of them. So if you could go during the week, I would recommend that. Okay. And for, yeah, for Hell's Gate National Park, like I said, the only national park you can walk or bike in in all of East Africa. So nowadays it's $26 for an adult and $17 for kids. You can also book tour, like tour packages as well if you want. Because you can't drive through there, but like when we were there, like we didn't see anyone at all. So I don't know. It is kind of cool to be able to walk through a national park with all the animals. Just keep an eye out for baboons and leopard prints. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you can also, you can also rock climb. Fisher's Tower, which is at the gorge, which I can't believe we missed. So annoying. 
Although, again, be careful because they're rarely, but you can get flash flooding. And I guess it's wiped out two different tour groups in 2019 and 2012. I think like seven people drowned, died. So careful of that flash flooding in the, like in the actual gorge. But like I said, yeah, you, so you can also rock climb Fisher Tower. So if you want to be, think that you're part of, you know, being Lion King, <laughs> go there. Right? It was a cool experience for sure. Okay, so I think that's a wrap for this week's episode. So head on over to the website, mightyroadstravel.com for lots of holiday deals for 2021 because hopefully COVID will leave us in 2021 or at least be in control. We'll see you in the new year. Don't forget to leave your reviews. Until then, safe travels one more time.